The pecking order was thrown into chaos at Silverstone, but on McLaren hungry for more success. Terrible pun, I know. Welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast. This is episode 307. And uh, if you'd like to see or hear more from us in your social feed, why not give us a follow on? We We are at Grid Talk UK. Everywhere you can find the at symbol. I'm your host, Tom Horrocks, and today I'm joined by Grid Talk host, Owen Medford. Hello. And uh, also Grid, Grid Talk host, Tom Downey. Hello. And sports broadcaster, Charlie White. Hi, everyone. Hello. And now we're going to just uh, have a quick word from our sponsor, betonline.ag. BetOnline is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season as they have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL, Hockey, right through to UFC and boxing. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games that you can play right from your home. Head to betonline.ag today. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. So uh, we had a, a great British Grand Prix. Well, I say great. It's certainly a reasonable British Grand Prix. There's uh, lots going on and uh, and lots of lots of subplots. But after the British Grand Prix, we did get a bit of breaking news. Now, we've, uh, if you want to go back to hear Tom Downey's opinion on that, then uh, go and listen to our breaking news podcast we did straight after the effect. But Charlie, I'm going to come to you now. Um, what's your opinion of the move, Ricardo, back to Alpha Tori? I think if you're going to make the move at all, you normally would wait, in my opinion, you'd wait until we get through this hungry Grand Prix, get into the summer break, and then start to move your pieces around the board. I think just one race left before an extended hot, extended break is kind of silly to do it because it's just, it's not going to help the team. I don't think Ricardo is going to magically sit in that seat and pull an AlphaTauri that is, or two races left, sorry, before the summer break. And I don't think he's going to sit in that car and, you know, make it do any better than what the crap it is. So it's, it's not a good car. Um, not sitting DeVries is innocent because as Tom alluded to in his and George's breakdown of it, I do agree that he came in saying, well, I'm not a rookie, so on and so forth. So he should be judged as he thinks he should be, but I don't think Ricardo is going to be a savior for AlphaTauri by any means. And again, I just think it just makes it all looked like a sham for anyone looking at the, anything Red Bull going, eh, do I really, do I really need to be under that micro micro uh, magnifying glass, that microscope, because I'm going to be called out everywhere by my own team. And so that's a lot of pressure on a young driver. Yeah, absolutely. And, and certainly just putting Ricardo in the car is not going to make it a, a better car. Uh, I, I think maybe just throwing him in for a couple of races, at least it gives him a chance to take stock and then he can have the summer break to kind of figure out uh, any issues that come about. So uh, if they're going to do it, I, I understand that they, if why wait, you just get him in there and then a bit more experience. He, if Nick DeVries isn't going to do anything, maybe Ricardo will, but uh, um, overall a bit of a bit of a strange situation, but we're not at all surprised by Red Bull doing it as it does seem to be their modus operandi, but we'll move on to the team, which obviously is uh, Ricardo is going to be racing for. So we get to hear your opinions on this. So statistically the worst performing team, but, how much of a boost will it be to have Ricardo back in this team? And, and how will Sonoda feel about the incoming Aussie as well? Um, 
I think I'll start with sort of, sort of Sonoda. I think I I feel like he's got to be relatively wary. Um, obviously, Ricardo is a, uh, you know a proven he's a proven race winner at multiple different te- uh, multiple different places. I think it remains to be seen, obviously, um, how well he'll adapt to the car. I know he didn't he struggled with the McLaren. He wasn't amazing with the Renault, although the Renault wasn't particularly great. Um, and obviously, he was put off by Max when he was a, when he was in Red Bull. But I, th- I think it's a positive for. Uh, for Ricardo to get into the race seat. Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't think you can ever count Ricardo out, really. So I think Sonoda probably has something to worry about, bearing in mind that he only has two points. Um, and, you know, as much as the car isn't going to perform miracles, um, and Ricardo might take a while to, uh, to sort of acclimatize to it. But if we assume that. Ricardo has until the end of the season, which I'm going to, but it is Red Bull, so they could replace him if he does even worse in the freeze. Um, you know, I think I think it's obviously a positive for for Ricardo to have that ability to have that uh, this opportunity. He's actually going to get a race seat for this year, which is always valuable. Um, so I think any result where he gets points or anywhere near points is going to be, you know, that that's valuable for him. Um, but it's uh, I don't think you can work miracles. Um, you know, we've seen that and uh and I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a hard slog, um, particularly if he got off on the back foot and he's already you know, if he's no better than DeFries, it's gonna be if anything magnify the pressure on him. So I think it's gonna be you know, a difficult a difficult time. Um yeah. With regards to the scheduling, I'm not sure it's difficult to say, and I'm not even sure how how well Alfatari is gonna go um at Hungary. I don't think I'm not sure that the sort of the high downforce really suits their car. I mean, obviously, I think Nick de Vries, um did relatively well in Monaco, but that was completely different uh, in terms of sort of, you know, circumstances. So I, I think it's a tricky one for them. I, I don't, I, I don't think it's, any miracles are going to be performed. Yeah, I think that car needs to be quicker in the straights and the turns and the high speed turns and the low speed turns. And uh, when it's stationary, it needs to be quicker as well. And it's just not a good car. So it's like Ricardo's not going to perform miracles in that car. If he can get to Sonoda's level um, before the summer break, then I would say that's a fantastic achievement. So let's just see what happens. But at least there's going to be eyes on the team and interest in the team. And and I'm very sorry, Tom, but I'm going to give you the team that, that really doesn't have a lot going for it right now. It, it, it just seems to be treading water. I say this every time I do a preview. They're just treading water up until the time when uh, when Audi come in. You've got Alfa Romeo in ninth place in the championship. Another poor showing in, in Silverstone. And they're now sitting ninth in the championship. With no real sign of improvement. However, Bossas did have a huge impact in the 2021 race, though. Well, with Norris's car and and the two Red Bulls, but uh, can we maybe see a repeat of that, please? That would be nice. Apart from Norris, <sighs> you really have to give me Alfa Romeo. I'm sorry. I mean, what what am I supposed to say? Bottas is is like you ordered, you know, like an Australian man of Wish dot com, and Joe is just you know, he just he's doing all right to be fair, but the the car's just not there, and. You know, they're, they're, they're really, really far down the grid. You know, the only team they're beating is Alpha Tara, and that's, that's like saying, oh, well, then I beat someone who was asleep in a race. Um, you know, so it's just, it's just, it, uh, I don't know what you want me to say. They're probably going to be quite weak. They've been pretty naff everywhere. They weren't very good around Monaco, and Hungary is Monaco without the balls. So that means the Paris is either going to win or bin it in Q1, probably the latter. And, um, 
and so, you know, it's just we're we're, we're going to have much of the same where teams have struggled at high downforce, sort of like fairly low-ish speeds. And now, granted, Hungary's got more medium-speed corners than like full-on low-speed corners. Um, but you know, there is nothing quite like Monaco, you know, you know rightly so. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just. We say it every week. I say it when I host. And it's just like, you know, are they just trading money to the RG money comes in? Yes. You know, what are they doing this year? They're just, they're probably just giving up on development already. They might as well bring in, bring back your know, mini show Colton Bourne just for the, just for the absolute bants, you know, because uh, I was going to say something else then. Um, you know, just, just, just bring it back, you know, just, just, you know, just, just to sort of like be like, you know, hey guys, fancy a challenge? Um, you know, at least they've locked out P9 in the constructors. You know, it can take some solace from that. That's all I've got to say. Um, yeah, I, I love the fact that your Alfa Romeo um, review or preview uh, featured talking about Monaco and Sergio Perez. That's just how anonymous the uh, the Alpha team have become once again. They had a flash in the pan of a few races last year where it looked like they might be relevant again. Um, but who knows? You know the 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 other of the two alpha cars that names will be disappearing from the grid this year. So uh, at the end of this season, so we we will never have to talk about the alphas again after this season. Well, hopefully that's the case. Anyway, unless rumours are true that Alfa Romeo may be heading to Haas, can you imagine that, Charlie? An Alfa Romeo Haas team for for next year, if if rumours are to be uh, to be had. And um, they've now dropped behind Williams in the championship. Um, how do you see their their chances of uh, of improving this this weekend, especially as they probably do have has the uh, the probably the quickest car out of the um, the, the three bottom teams there? But uh, how do you see their chances? I think it's going to be more of the same for Haas, unfortunately. And we kind of say this every week, uh, regardless of who the panel is, Haas will have a decent one lap pace. They might do well in qualifying. Hulkenberg uh, can, you know, he can put a, he can put that car around in a, in a decent amount of time. But once once the uh, the the red lights, the five red lights go out, then they'll just progressively fall back until they're lower lower mid uh, lower in the pack, and they're going to continue what they do and be ahead of the alphas and Ralph Romeo, uh, the both alphas. Um, I guess right now that they can take solace in is that with Hulkenberg, they are saving lots of money on crash cars for their, their uh, slim part of the, the prize money in eighth right now. <laughs> They're just going to save that and hope for the best for next year at this rate. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all true. And I do think um, Hulkenberg has definitely proven as wrong as well this season I think he's doing a great job and and Magnussen has kind of been shown up a little bit I, I think it has to be said I think it kind of shows what what a low bar Schumacher was setting on a race perspective because uh yeah he certainly seems to be doing well as a test driver but it's certainly race level just didn't seem to be up to it and then how low a bar was Nikita Mazepin then if you th- consider how much better Mick Schumacher was than Mazepin uh, it, it may all be completely circumstantial and, and not relevant with different cars, different people, and everything. So, but um, yeah, Haas hopefully can can uh, try and break away from those bottom two and, and try and keep pace with Williams, who have now jumped them away, and uh, they seem to be on the up. And I think this is um, this is long, long anticipated and and long wanted by a lot of fans. Williams, a lot of people's second favorite team, very few people's first favorite team because you know they're not stupid. 
but some big point scores in recent races and and they're higher than they've been in a very long time you know four or five years i think it's been since they've been in seventh place in the championship this however though very different circuit to what the kind of tracks where they have been going very well is this the the acid test for the new in, newly invigorated williams team or are we going to see them dropping back down there back down the grid again i think it is i think this will be the sort of as you say this isn't traditionally a circuit that would play to the uh to the williams's strengths um obviously the, the way that where they've done well in the past have been high speed circuits um with you know nice long straights and uh and they seem to have a relatively aerodynamic aerodynamically efficient car when you take the downforce off so canada silverstone and austria you know seem to benefit that most i don't i can't remember if they've had an upgrade since uh those races or during those races but um you know heading to hungary obviously that's traditionally a circuit where it's much more chassis dependent um you throw put a lot more downforce on uh, and i'm not sure they can generate that kind of peak downforce um while sort of still maintaining um the speed so it, you know you look back at if you go back to sort of spain that's that's kind of the only similar circuit on the calendar um that we've had thus far that's uh you know similarly high speed obviously monaco's again high downforce but you don't go anywhere near as quick um and uh and they dropped significantly in pace um so they didn't they only got to um i think Albon was 16th and Sargent finished last um both of them are lapped down so it's uh looking at that um coupled with the uh just sort of the uh the high downforce um understanding of the car that we have currently uh it doesn't look good um i hope that they've uh that you know the, the changes that they have made uh sort of rectify that um but just going based off the the information we have right now um i think it's going to be quite a difficult weekend yeah i, I would i would hasten to agree i um i hope not i hope they can genuinely move forwards but you they are gonna they always have had and will continue to have in the next few years until they're actually able to improve their um their facilities they're gonna have a peaky car that's gonna be quick on some circuits and terrible on others so it's it, they just need to make sure that that Albert and Sargent maximize those opportunities when they come about um but speaking of maximizing opportunities uh sorry Tom I'm giving you another poor performer in Alpine uh disaster at Silverstone are you off now are you leaving uh no, I've given up. That's it. I'm, yeah, I'm out. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, no, I'm channeling my inner Alpine. I'm just giving up. Um, <laughs> you know, much much like their power units do. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, Alpine. There's there's sort of like in this they're like this weird enigma in F1, you know, because they don't have any customer teams at the minute, um, and it's just like you know, where do we go? What do we say? Because it's like. That they'll they'll either have the kind of weekend where they will you know absolutely like you know sort of like be best of the rest you know, you know they'll, they'll have both cars in Q three and they'll have both cars you know like in the points um, but then you know on on the flip side they they, they might have the kind of weekend where they just get you know they get absolutely shafted you know whether that's by strategy or whether by a rampant Canadian sorry Charlie you know dr- driving into um you know driving into the side to them um, you know so. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it is a weird one. I think, you know, I, I know we shouldn't use like direct comparisons, but if we look at Monaco, you know, because like I said, you know, Monaco without the walls. I'm not entirely convinced by that, by the way. Um, you know, it's, um, Ocon was on the podium there, to be fair. And, you know, they both qualified really well. And now I know quality means an awful lot around there. Um, so, 
you know, given that they seem to have uh, uh, somewhat of, of a good sort of like peaky downforce setup, which can ish sustain the speed. Now, nobody's going to be able to sustain sort of downforce speeds like Red Bull can. You know, you, you know, it's just you know nobody's there, but um. But you know, they, 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 I think they'll have the pace to go well this weekend. The main issue, and you know, we, we joke about it in the past, but you know, we we joke about it because it is true, is if the power units can hold out, because Hungary can get really, really hot this time of year. I know because I've been there for the, for the Grand Prix back in twenty sixteen, and my word, it was hot and it was a muggy and stuffy and you know. You know, sweaty. You know, as as the as, as the kids say. So, not ideal conditions for a power unit, which is temperamental at best. If they can hold on for the, for the reliability, I would hope for a good result. I want to see Alpine do well because I actually quite like them. You, you know, you know, yes, you know, they've lost out. They've lost some positions to McLaren now in in the constructors after um, after Silverstone because you know, obviously you know Alpine double DNF all the rest of it. We all know. We all know how Silverstone went. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think they can get good points, and I want to see them get good points as well. Yeah, and um, looking at the weather for the weekend, it doesn't look like it's going to be too hot on the Friday and Saturday with rain forecast. So another race where we might potentially have some rain. Um, we'll wait and see how that pans out. It's still a long way out, and we've no idea what the weather's actually going to do just yet. But um, you never know. We 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 could we'll have a similar start to the twenty twenty one race. That'll be that'll be quite fun, wouldn't it? And yes, as you said, that Alpine bit of a bit of a um, disaster dropping behind McLaren now. But obviously, Ocon did win here a few years ago as well in those mixed conditions. I know it was a very different scenario, and it involved a certain Mr. Hamilton taking the grid all by himself as well to facilitate that happening. But uh, a little rice smile there from Tom. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it'd be interesting to see how they, how they do pull back from that and, um, and uh, see if, if they can continue on the, uh, the, the run that the Alpine team have, have had at this circuit because they've, they've won here <laughs> quite a large percentage of the races that Alpine have been here. I know they've only been here for a couple of races, but still. Um, okay, so we're going to move on then to McLaren. Then Charlie, you get the uh, the, the honour of the uh, the glorious McLaren team from the Silverstone Grand Prix, the British Grand Prix. They doubled their points tally in just two hours of racing last time round. Piastri has arrived. Norris is on fire. Can they take the next step this weekend? Can they win it? Or yeah, is it just going to be dropping back into the midfield again? Winning might be a bit of a stretch, uh, as much as I want to see the papayas go one and two. But I, I am, I know where <laughs> I know what the actual odds are. But in terms of the McLarens' growth and success this year, there's always a thing I kind of kind of do in sports broadcasting when you know there's a team that starts to get on a roll and. The last two races they've done very well with the upgrades being added and everything, and it's always. One, one good performance is a miracle. Twice is a fluke. Three times, though, if you can string three together, then you're actually on to something. So I think this weekend will determine whether or not McLaren's actually back in it or if it's more of just the roller coaster that it has been this year. That being said, the performance of Norris and Piastri last year, in, or last year, last week uh, at Silverstone was incredible racing on their, on their part and holding off the Mercedes and everything for Norris. And if it wasn't for the safety car, Piastri very well could have had the podium. So 
I think I I would definitely think that if they're on this, if they continue where they're at now, there very well could be uh, the potential for a double podium again because they seem to still be faster than Mercedes and Ferrari will be Ferrari and put inters on if there's a hint of rain before the race and that's how they'll start it or something like that. Like it's, <laughs> we've seen it before. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that McLaren do have a pretty good reputation here, certainly not in the last 10 years, but uh, it's not since that Jensen Button win, that fantastic Jensen Button win um, in, um, uh, in 2011. They've had Lewis Hamilton winning in 2012, but they have won the race six times between uh, 2012 and uh, back in 2005. And Red Bull have only won this race a couple of times, a handful of times, uh, once with Daniel Ricciardo, once with uh, Max Verstappen and once with Mark Webber. So uh, it's uh, there's a bit of hope there. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that when we get to Red Bull. But McLaren, a bit of pedigree here in the past. And if they're certainly re- returning to the uh, to, to the chrome ways that they were in, in Silverstone, then maybe the, the memories of that chrome McLaren can come back and win some more races in Hungary. Uh, I'd be tempted to come straight to Tom now for Ferrari, but I will go to Owain just because I, I actually like Tom and I don't want him to uh, to leave the podcast just yet. So I'm afraid you've got Ferrari another week, another confusing race strategy and rumours flying around about their drivers and, and going in for Lando Norris. And last win here was 2017 with Sebastian Vettel. They've had reasonable success here, though, over the years. And uh, can you expect this to be one of those weekends or are we, are we going to see another crazy strategy where they go on full wets in the baking sunshine? Oh, I don't know. With Ferrari, um, Hungary's typically thrown up a sort of a bit of a curveball on the strategy, um, which means that Ferrari are inevitably uh, going to go backwards. I mean, uh, their performance in Silverstone was so poor. Um, you know, they'd have a couple of decent races if, you know, not obviously not what's good for Ferrari, but you know, relatively decent for any other team uh, in, you know, the couple of races before. Uh, but they, you know, they very clearly hadn't taken the same kind of steps that everyone else had um, in Britain. And um, and they dropped like a stone. Um, they were fairly decent in qualifying, so I expect their strengths to be there um, too. Um, I think it's just that their execution of a whole weekend um, just, it just seems compromised in some way i think uh, it's kind of got to them a bit too much and uh and i i don't really see them doing anything particularly spectacular um <laughs> i think they'd need aston martin to come towards them and, and get worse before you know rather than them get better i don't i don't see them actually able to improve which is worrying if anything and um yeah, I think it's going to be a difficult weekend, and all this kind of scrutiny. And at the moment, you have people speculating about your drivers. It's there's probably a grain of truth involved in it. Um, if I were Norris, I wouldn't touch Ferrari with a ten foot pole. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think at the moment you've got that kind of scrutiny on you, it's it, it's it makes everything harder. And I just, I think it's going to be like luckily they can't really drop lower than fourth but and again it seems perfect perfectly within the realms of possibility by the two races after the summer break challenge accepted the ferrari strategy team say can we finish fifth we can do it lads come on um no yeah i, I completely agree it's, it's uh it's it's a bit of a difficult season for them in in more ways than one and uh, it'd be difficult to see where they move forward from here but uh, but yeah, so we'll move on to, to Aston Martin, the team that uh, are still ahead of them, despite the uh, the the race pace really dropping off a cliff in recent races, Tom. And 
The last time Alonso won here was the first time he ever won a race in 2003. So he's not won since that uh, amazing first victory. So realistically, should this be his last chance to win a race ever again? Or, or is that me just enjoying the symmetry? No, um, nobody's going to beat that Red Bull. Uh, and I don't care sort of like how good Alonso is and he is fantastic. Um Nobody is going to beat Max in that car this year. It would take some divine intervention. Um, you know, maybe if Prime Rebel swap strategist for a week, then potentially. But I think Aston Martin needs to be realistic and know that their fighters with Mercedes for P2 and the constructors. Because Alonso is basically propping that team up because Stroll is doing his absolute best to make sure they get P3 and not P2 in the constructors. And if they're not careful with the way their pace is going, they could end up P4. Because you've got a resurgent McLaren, you know, Mercedes, who whilst they don't have perhaps the best uh, qualifying pace, they have really good race pace, really, really good race pace, as we've seen. Um, you know, and they're pretty soft on their tyres as well, you know, as evidence by Russell last week. Excuse me. So, you know, so Aston, they need to make sure they get both cars in the top six, I would say. And Hungary is not an easy circuit to do it at. You know, it's a, it's a difficult complex twisty circuit with quite a lot of undulation and you know you know there's quite a lot of elevation changes so uh, you know i i think alonso should comfortably be in there you know i think this is the kind of circuit where he'll thrive anyway you know you know because you, know, you can really sort of you can really sort of like unsee the car and if you think about that the long sort of left hand i think that's turn three where you know where then switch back to the right with turn four um i think i got my turns i might be turn two to turn three i'm thinking of i can't remember but it's, it's the it's the sort of he- the long hairpin in the first sector you, you people know what i mean um I, I hope um if you don't uh well sauce um you know it's uh it, it, I think Alonso will probably do well around there. Stroll, I honestly, don't, I don't know what to say. Um, you know, because he's, he's either going to sort of like surprise us all and go and whack it on like a surprise front row, or he's going to go out in, in Q2 again. And I don't want to keep beating the same, uh, you know, the, the, the sort of same horse ab- about Stroll, but he has to do better. And he's already cost that team P2 in the constructors, I'd say. Because the the rate that they're falling back, Mercedes have got have, have got the measure of them, and there's only so much Alonso can do by himself. And yeah, I, I don't know. I I think they just need to get to the summer break, bring some big upgrades, and realize that okay, we can't live off, the, off that initial hype forever. You know, Monaco was best part of two months ago. Now, you know, you need to you need to move on and realize that improvements need to be made. Yeah, no, that's that's all fair enough, and hopefully with the with the with the aerodynamic testing regulations and uh, that's been reset now, but they would have had, you know, with the lead times and everything, there should be some upgrades coming through. Uh, they did have a lot of aerodynamic testing time available to them. So theoretically they could still bring a lot of upgrades to that car and improve the, uh, improve this area efficiency between now and the end of the season. Um, but yeah, they have fallen behind Mercedes and, and they do seem to be dropping back a little bit now, certainly based on, on the last race, even with Mercedes upgrades, Charlie, and but they didn't they didn't work as well as they expected last time out. And yes, they managed to rescue a, um, a podium and a and a, uh, a P five, but wasn't really what they're expecting. But around this track, it's uh, it's Lewis Hamilton territory. He's won here almost as many times as Nick De Vries has taken race starts. So it's uh, it's a bit of a Mercedes stronghold in recent years. Can Mercedes fans expect something special? 
this weekend, or is it still just the fact it's just going to be Red Bull? I think it still will be Red Bull because, again, as Tom alluded to and every everyone has alluded to week after week since the season really started, that Red Bull is just on another level of performance. That being said, if anyone could do it around this track, it would be Lewis. And the upgrades that they brought didn't really do what they had intended to at Silverstone, but they also, and sometimes when we see when cars bring upgrades, they didn't go backwards either. It was very much kind of, okay, we've adjusted the car, we've altered the car, but we're still kind of at that same that same spot. And they're second in, in the constructors for a reason. So they, I, I, they can still hang their hat on. Yes, we still have a decent car. We still have decent pace. And now they're, you know, they're clawing away at Checo for, because as he starts to fall down, Hamilton might be able to climb even closer to, to second. It's depending on how, how these next two races go and the, the, the summer break comes up. I can see Mercedes hanging their hat on something positive out of this race for sure. Uh, yes, for the, from a competition point of view, we we all hope you're you're right on that, and uh, we'll um, we'll ha- we'll just wait and see. I guess it's uh, it, he's like you say the upgrades they just didn't seem to do an awful lot. Or if they did, they certainly did make the car worse. We may find that coming to the, to this kind of circuit, it may be better for them. So uh, from a from a competition standpoint, let's let's hope that's the case. And we at least have uh, Red Bull fighting. But we'll move on to the runaway championship leaders, Owen. Now, Red Bull, attention surely turning on can they win every race now instead of will they win the title? Um, vastly approaching the summer break and they've still won any race. Give us some hope for this weekend. Um, they could crash out. That's the only hope I can give you, to be honest. But I mean, I mean, Bottas is-, is on the track, so there's, <laughs> there's always that chance. Yeah, but we've seen Verstappen as uh, as spun and uh, and won this race, um, and that was with the, with last year's car, which was nowhere near. Well, not nowhere near. It was incredible, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't close to how good this one is. But if anything, there's just less competition. You know, that, as you say, can they win the title? Is sort of out of the way when they've got double the points of anyone else. Um, you know, it, uh, they're so far ahead. Um, and it, but let's be honest, it's going to be the Verstappen show. I don't, it, he's almost a hundred points ahead of Perez. Um, I don't think Perez is particularly good around here. Um, I don't see it how we're sort of being, being hit within his wheelhouse. Um, I think I'd, I think Perez needs to watch his back and just make sure he gets, you know, at least just get on the podium this time, you know. Um, by comparison, yeah, Verstappen's probably going to be on the top step. Um, it's kind of a yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, someone's done the maths. Uh, Tom, as Tom points out uh, very helpfully for me in the chat here, um, Max can, Max can finish every race in P two and still win the title. So it's it, it, it it's it's going to be the Max Verstappen show, I imagine again. Um, which means hopefully we can just watch what happens behind because um, it's a lot more interesting. Um. Yeah, that said, we could find that should it be hot, we should it be very very warm, we uh we could see that the Red Bull uh come to back towards the pack. Um sorry, come back towards the pack and uh, or or have reliability issues that have uh, failed to rear their head up until this point, but apart from that I uh, I can't see I can't see any real really realistic um sort of opportunities for anyone else to to mix it in for the win here. 
Yeah, as I say, anything can happen in Formula One, and occasionally it does. So uh, you never know. We might, it's possible, we might get another winner besides a Red Bull. Uh, I think from Checo's perspective, he just needs to look after his his seat now. I think, you know, championship's gone. He just needs to accept that Max is going to beat him every time, except when something weird happens, and then just get that car within half a second of Max and Beach. You know what that'll do? Come home on the podium every race for now and for now in the end of the season. If he ends up getting a race win, fantastic. Not for me, but fantastic. Uh, and certainly not for our podcast viewers. But uh, yes, um, that's uh, that's probably the best thing for Checo to do. Max, yeah, he's just got to tick off the records now. See how many drivers he can usurp for most wins in the history of Formula One by the end of the season. I, might, I think I might, might be saying he could be third by the end of the year if he wins every single race, which is just unbelievable statistic but we'll go on to predictions now then tom i'll come to you first then do you want to give us your pole position prediction uh your podium and then give us a pole prediction as well yeah so pole i'm going to shock absolutely nobody and say that max is going to get it um podium uh, i think max is going to walk it uh i'm going to say uh i think I'm going to say George Russell P2 and I'm going to go an outside bet and I'm going to say one of the Alpines P3, which in turn, I think is my bold prediction as well. That's definitely a bold prediction. Yeah, no, I'll accept that. So you're not hedging your bets. You're going all out on that, uh, on that podium and a Max Verstappen. Why not? Why not? Why not? eh? Right, Charlie, do you want to uh, give us your, your predictions then? Uh, Pole position, your podium and a bold prediction. Mine can kind of all be wrapped up in one because I think that this week, or this coming race, sorry, this coming race weekend could be a battle just between Verstappen, Norris, and Hamilton. Now, I think Max will obviously come out on top on pole and the race and everything like that. But in quality, I think that either Norris or, um, Norris or Hamilton could challenge for P1 to start the race. And I believe that that's how the podium will end up. It's just a matter of Norris on the second step, or is it Hamilton? I want to keep the uh, the McLaren dream alive. <laughs> and I very, very much appreciate that. Uh, so is that as part of your bold prediction as well, or have you got a different No, I think, that? that's, I think that's a pretty fair one. I think my bold mm-hmm. prediction is... I'm going to go real bold here because I crapped on them at the start i'm gonna say ricardo top five. Oh wow just, ab- just absolutely <laughs> prove everybody wrong i thought you were gonna say scores a point but yeah top five <laughs> top that five. would be wow i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna go bold and be big bold <laughs> you were you win the prize unless unless you can usurp that away i can i just don't want to <laughs> <laughs> just, i kind of like to see it <laughs> um no, by comparison, I think oh, oh, well, I'm going to go for Stappen for pole and the win um, and the fastest lap and keys to the city, um, both of them in Budapest. <laughs> um, uh, what you know? What I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say that hmm, I'm going to go for a double podium for McLaren. Okay, uh, I'm going to maintain that it's it's been a, it's a decent car and this is this is the new norm. And as a bold prediction, I'm going to say Perez ends up on the podium. 
<laughs> in that car yeah saying Perez ends up on the podium does actually seem quite bold the way he's been performing recently fantastic okay well I'm gonna go uh very predictable and say Max Verstappen pole position but less predictably I'm going to attempt to do my manifestation again I'm gonna go for a Lewis Hamilton win with Max Verstappen coming home a close second and uh and George Russell um uh, coming home in third place uh there's just something about the mercedes and lewis hamilton around that track i just just got this feeling something's going to happen it might be rain related it might be uh it might be bottas related um but something will happen uh i think max will still finish on the podium because max is what max does um but i'm also going to say for my bold prediction that lance stroll beats alonso genuinely on pace and that is that is a bold prediction so if you've enjoyed this podcast today, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're one of those listeners that are not subscribed to the channel, why not like and subscribe now and ensure you never miss a show again. Don't forget to click that bell so you know when we're live. We've got well over 2,000 subscribers on YouTube now, so thank you for your support. And please consider sharing us with any friends who like like-minded, love Formula One and uh, want a podcast to listen to. Before we go, uh, Owen, would you like to plug anything? Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, you know, well, you come come follow us on threads. Um, you'll have to go and find our page each time. Uh, <laughs> it's at Grid Talk UK, as Tom mentioned earlier, but uh, but you will be able to see what we're threading. Is that a, a I term? Guess I'm not sure. I'm not. Sure I don't yet. know what the verb is yet. Um, yeah. It's too new. No, do we do we have a truth social page? No, we probably don't. Um, yeah, so I, I I also signed up for threads as well. Uh, I have two followers, so which is my podcast and Grid Talk. So yay, go threads. Um, Tom, uh, how would you what would you like to plug? Um, I'd like to plug Formula Talk, which is a sister show to the, uh, to this show, um, Grid Talk. So it is done with Sophia. She she's the uh, she keeps saying we're co-host, but no, she is the main host. It was her idea, um, so she, you know she she needs the credit for it. Um, so she and I do that. We record it most weeks, so that like covers F two, F three, F one Academy, um, and we also are also touching on things like Fracker, um, and then starting to look at IndyCar as well. Um, the only issue with Formula Talk is we can't talk about every single series because I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't have time to sleep or do anything else. Um, so we do primarily cover the open, the junior open wheeler categories and then also having a look at IndyCar. Um, yeah, aside from that, yeah, nothing. Fantastic. And that's well worth a listen to as well. It's, uh, it's, it's great to have that as your own kind of separate feed and it's difficult to kind of give it the the you know the, the attention it deserves on on shows like this so to have a, a separate one that just covers all that is is really great and definitely go and give that a listen as well and charlie uh what would you like to plug anybody who likes sports from high school level to professional level try east link in uh, if you're in atlantic canada because we're your non non local non for profit community sports broadcaster, so we try and deliver as much as we can. And just to plug everybody else's podcasts, Tom, you have a good show. Uh, well, both Toms, both Toms have a good show. Formula Talk and uh, sorry, Tom, 
this time. <laughs> great, monkey yeah. see, thank you. See, yeah, you do the plug, uh, so I don't have to. Great, thanks. Say, they're they're all great. So everybody, give everybody a listen because we the 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 crew over here produces good content aside from grid talk. Very much appreciated that plug. Thank you very much. Yeah, if you want to hear more from from us, uh, from me and my co-host Carl, we're at Monkey Seat Pod. Uh, and you can uh, catch us on, on all the usual places on there. And I am at Tom Hollocks F1 on Twitter, and I'm also on threads, but yeah, don't go there. There's no point. There's, uh, there's nothing on there yet. We'll see and see how this pans out. And don't forget to follow us at Gridtalk UK everywhere you can get an at symbol. All our race shows do go out live on YouTube straight after the event. Not the preview shows like this one. This one will go out slightly after we record it. But uh, all everything that has live action to react to, we put out live uh, the audio version does go out slightly later, but that is available on, on Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, and Pocket Casts. And we also do run a Patreon, which helps us to uh, continue doing what we're doing, buying better mics, lights, and recording equipment, which came in very handy for the uh, Grid Talk Live episode we did fairly recently with uh, lapel mics and all kinds of stuff in a pub. It was it was great to watch. I really enjoyed watching that one. Just a shame I couldn't be there. But uh, we will be back this weekend uh, to to bring you the uh, all the action from the Hungarian Grand Prix. So thank you very much for joining us, and we will see you soon. Goodbye. <laughs>